begins with this gate drop. Welcome once again to the Power to the Ground podcast, your home for everything motocross, supercross, and dirt bike related. I am Steve, joined as always by Jesse. What is up, Jesse? I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Nobody knows what's going on. Wherever you happen to be listening to this, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you can be notified every time we upload a new show. Also, you can visit our website, www.powerthenumber2theground.com to check out for giveaways, merch, exclusive web content. Join our jug club. We have forums. We have uh, giveaways coming down the uh, pipeline. Whenever we do couch cross and stream from our couch, it'll be all part of jug club. Uh, be a good friend, share all of this with all your buddies so they can get all the information and coverage they need, especially now because uh, there is no actual Supercross for the foreseeable future. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. So um, probably going to be a little bit of a shorter episode today and for the next couple of weeks. Uh, we definitely have some things we can talk about, things we'll cover um, today think we kind of talked about maybe just talking about the state of supercross state of the world what the hell is going on what does this mean for the riders and the teams um what does this mean for the sport uh what does it mean for outdoors if they want to finish a full seat like there's a lot of things we can again talk about so we're probably gonna get into that today uh but we do have a couple of quick shout outs before we jump into it jesse what do you got yeah we got a couple of honorable mentions here first i'm going to start with uh mx new england for those of you who are in the new england area which we are we are in rhode island We've got the race seasons coming up here. So for you Netra fans out there and um, Pilgrim Sands or J-Day, any of you people out there looking for your New England races to partake in, you can go to mxnewengland.com and he has a basically a master calendar for all of these races so you don't have to bounce around from one organization to the next. You can just get all of your information right there. The second shout out that we've got is whole shot coffee company I'm gonna go ahead and take a sip i'm gonna go ahead go. and take a i want to talk about some <sighs> awesome smooth yeah. delicious coffee so we got um we got what was it called power band yeah mm -hmm. power band so we got a this roast of coffee in and it is the smoothest coffee that i've ever ever drank before i'm kind of amped up right now because i'm on my second cup i had um, a full cup on yep. top of what i had before i got here and tried it so uh it's delicious. So go jump over, uh, go check out Whole Shot Coffee, uh, Whole Shot Coffee Company. Um, we'll have the links for both of these, uh, both of these shoutouts down in the description of this episode. Go check them out. Let us know what you think. And we get to slow down on the coffee. We're gonna cover thirty minutes worth of content in the next five. Seriously, <laughs> yeah. Don't let me talk too much. <laughs> Coronavirus. Oh, I know. You guys are probably all sick of hearing about it and talking about it. Um, but here, I think we need to we need to discuss through the lens of supercross and uh how it affects the sport and the fans not you know we're, we're, <clears throat> maybe avoid a little bit of the macro conversations of of this yeah. thing as a whole this is a power this is a motocross podcast so let's keep it you know to that and i and you know it's funny it's listening to uh to you know local sports radio stations the past couple of days and obviously that's you know that's the big topic of conversation is all of sports have been postponed or canceled for the time being and you know the guy was like you know 
doing this every day, like we have a lot to talk about right now and we can probably, you know, get into a few things. Like, can you imagine what these shows and these radio stations are going to be like in like two or three weeks? There are no sports to talk about. Like we're going to talk a lot about Brady. That's the big topic of conversation around here because things are about to get interesting. Right. It's like, other than that, there's no hockey, there's no basketball, there's no soccer to talk about. Like they're going to be so bored and just scrambling for things to talk about on the radio. So luckily we only have to do this once a week. So right. we can, you know, we're going to have some cool things to talk about the next couple of weeks while we wait. But uh, sports in general is just a completely on hold. So it's a void. Yeah. yeah. It's just <laughs> complete. It's a black hole right now. So yeah, before we get too deep into this, I just want to go over the actual facts and information that we have right now, as far as the cancellations. So, um, Obviously, yesterday it was canceled. Um, there were no races in Indianapolis. Uh, so the actual canceled races as of right now uh, um, that we know about are March 14th in Indianapolis, which was yesterday. We already know that. We have March 21st in Detroit. Um, that's also canceled. March 28th in Seattle, canceled. Um, April 4th in Denver, canceled, including the Futures um and april 18th in foxborough so we're not going we're not going we're not going to the races so they say canceled in a few spots they say postponed in a few spots and i think it's because there's definitely still some confusion or indecision for them as to you know when they when things do settle down and kind of return to normal how are they going to are we going to have a shortened season where they just don't do a few of the races or are they going to try to find a way to extend the season and fit in all of the races but then that also affects outdoors that affects yeah because we've got a it's like a two week there's a two week break in between outdoors and the end of supercross season so. so maybe they can shift a race back shift everything back one week and then not have the week off that they would normally have in the mid-season so now you're getting two of your races back but they've already canceled four so you're at least talking about them truncating the season by two races if not more depending on how long this lasts you know what Uh, what i see happening honestly is i think i'm going to see a lot of these riders just forego the rest of the supercross season and start preparing for the outdoor season yeah, I can see that. I mean, outside of maybe the top five or six who feel like they might still have a chance at, you know, some kind of overall or at yeah. least top three. Kind you know, of Eli thing. is going to be at every one yeah, of these races. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And he better have an asterisk next to that championship if he pulls this one off. I don't think that that's I don't think that that's not going to be necessary for any whoever wins this um, because it could still very well be Roxton. Um, you, you, you race the races that are in front of you, you know, right. Um, there's been some uh, strike-shortened NFL seasons. There's been some strike-shortened NBA and NHL seasons, and none of those championships have asterisks next to their name. Um, I So I get it, and it definitely, for me, and this is something I don't want to talk about today, I think a shortened season favors Eli 100% because it's less of an opportunity for him to tomac all <laughs> over the place. But I don't think it favors him so much that he deserves some kind of asterisk. He's still got to go out there and win those races. And with Roxon nipping at his heels, um, there's still plenty of opportunity for him to either do or not do the things that he's known for doing. Yeah. And I would say the same for Roxon. If Roxon ends up winning this thing, he doesn't deserve that either. You race the races that are in front of you. If you win the championship in a shorter season than normal, then you win the championship. Yeah. What do you see happening for the 250s? I mean, I, th- I think this is going to affect the 250s even more than the 450s. Oh, yeah. Well, they're already short in season. So... There's a very good chance that the 250 East is done. 
Yeah. Right. Just just flat out done. Maybe they get the one more race at the end of the year when they do the the joint thing, and that'll. I mean, with how it is now, with how the points are now, that'll pretty much determine the championship in the East. Um, luckily for the West, they've gotten most of, a majority of their races out of the way. They had they're supposed to have three more, so maybe they also have one more, but they've also raced more up right. to this point. So the East is the one that's going to be most affected, and I think at that point. If they only have one more race, it's just going to come down to can Sexton stay ahead ahead enough to just secure his championship. Right. Man, this is just absolutely crazy, all of it. Um, I can't remember anything like this happening. Not in our lifetime. Not in our lifetime. Not in our parents' lifetime. So, you know, talking to my mom the other day, um, neither of us have been, you know, very panicky over the whole thing. We're kind of, you know, maintaining a pretty cool level head. don't go into giant public places, watch your hands, all that stuff. Yep. Um, but even my mom's like, you know, I'm not panicking, but you got to admit, this is pretty crazy. It's pretty scary. Not not because the virus itself is scary, which it, it can or can't be depending on which source you go to. Right. Um, but because even she said in her almost 50 years of life, I've never seen anything like this as far as how society is like partially shutting down (laughs) yeah major sports are multi-billion dollar industries they don't shut down for any reason or countries right countries shutting down at this point like this is absolutely unprecedented in our lifetime our parents lifetime probably our grandparents lifetime like when was the last time you saw something that rocked our culture and our society this much yeah uh because i can't remember no not not to this extent and and we're still we're still kind of we're in the meat and potatoes of this thing, or, or we have we maybe not even have we may have not even gotten to the meat and potatoes of this, and I, that's that's the that's the scariest part. The I agree. The one hundred percent. The the most frightening part is we have absolutely everything right now is on like this fourteen day or you know two week kind of a, a waiting period where it's like shut everything down for a couple of weeks and see what happens. Right. Maybe after these two or three weeks, we realize, okay, we've got it more or less under control. We start slowly opening things back up. Or um, we could be talking months. Uh, There's been some prognostications that have talked 12 to 18 months of something similar to this level of shutdown, which is horrifying. (laughs) Because eventually people are going to start losing their minds. Supplies will start, you know, running out. Like you're talking about a much more of a... Uh, national and global crisis if it extends that long um but again this could be done in two weeks right we don't know yet. we have no idea and that the not knowing is the most uncomfortable part i can deal with isolating myself for a couple of weeks i just picked up or we technically just picked up supercross the video game three so that we can play and review that i've got my gaming laptop my nintendo switch my playstation 4 i will have no problem keeping myself occupied for the next two weeks. But when you start talking about schools, businesses, sports, society being mostly shut down for anything longer than a few weeks or a month or so, uh, we're going to have a much bigger crisis. I think that's pretty scary. Yeah. Um, let's bring it back around to how this affects the sport itself. But uh, we're going to take a quick break. So so before we bring it back um, to, to strictly talking about the sport, um, you know, just in the midst of the conversation about this and all the kind of mass hysteria and panic, you know, trying to get into a grocery store right now is is, is an absolute nightmare. Um, I would say for I just wanted to point like the biggest lesson for me in all of this is the need 
and also somewhat inability for people as a whole to kind of remain calm in a time of crisis. Yeah. You know, um, I, I've talked about you and I have done a pretty good job. Like I'm taking it more seriously than I did a few weeks ago, but I'm not panicking. You know, right. I didn't go panic by half a grocery store's worth of toilet paper and, you know, dry goods. Like we grabbed some supplies that we needed that might could last us a little bit longer, but I'm washing my hands and I'm still going to work, right? I work at a gym, um, sanitizing as much as possible, everything around me as much as possible. We're telling the members to wipe everything down. Um, so, you know, I'm not like quarantining myself and wearing masks everywhere and, and freaking out and panic buying. But I think there are a lot of people that are. Right. And that's dangerous. That's almost as dangerous. The panic is almost as dangerous to me as the virus itself. I think the need for calm, cool-headed reactions and then also compassion and teamwork in a time like this um, the need for that has been highlighted and the lack of that has also been highlighted. Yep. I agree. Also, um, another thing, one of the things that I've learned and that we were talking about before we started recording was the information and more importantly, the misinformation that we have surrounding this concept. And, uh, you know, that's something that, that you and I take information is something that you and I take very seriously. And that's a big reason why we're doing this podcast in, in the first place is that the, the lack of information in this sport in general has drives us crazy, drives us crazy. <laughs> yeah. We want more information. We don't understand why they're not giving us more information. And, um, you know, if, if it sounds like we're choosing our words very carefully when we're talking about this, um, the coronavirus thing um it's because we are uh you know we we don't have the answers and what the the general consensus amongst society right now is that nobody really has an answer um so we're you know we're trying to give our thoughts without giving um necessarily an opinion on the matter because we don't want to um a part of that <laughs> yeah we don't have access to solid enough information to recommend or not recommend or tell you ah don't don't freak out about this or to please freak out about this uh, i you know there is not enough out there to guide the decisions either way um, which is why i think it's even more important in the face of lack of or mixture of good and bad information to remain calm, yep. cool-headed, and logical, right? So if right now, this isn't some kind of like black plague that is just killing 75% of the people that it touches. And, and you know what I mean? It's not to that extent. So there is no need to lock yourself in your house. Like go for a hike. <laughs> you right. know, I plan on spending a little bit more time outside away from the public. Um, but be smart, you know? Yeah. Don't go into a place that has 300. Don't go to a mall well, they're all dead right now anyway, but, you know, don't go to a mall if there's going to be 300 people at that mall and wash your hands and be just be cautious, you yep. know, um, stay calm. And, and that's really the best you can do in, in the face of all this information and lack of information. Yep, I agree. Let's wrap wrap up on that. Stay calm. Um, you know, act logically. If you want to avoid getting sick, then. And take care of each other a little take bit, you, too. Take you. Yeah. You take, know, um you and i right we're in that age group where this may not 
affect us nearly as much as someone who's in their 60s or 70s or people who have previous conditions we know all that but it is still our responsibility not to spread it to those people too you know that's that's just that's how society's supposed to work we gotta work together here yeah it's not a danger to me as much as it might be to somebody else but if i have it and then go and talk to that person well now i've put their life in jeopardy so um, and even beyond the sickness that we're worried about spreading if you find information regarding this make sure you verify that information before you spread it to somebody else slowing the spread of missing information might be as important as slowing the spread of the virus itself you know uh no that's a great point so anyway that's i'm gonna get off my soapbox there you know it's definitely important to talk about but um we are a motocross podcast so what is this affecting us what is this all right this is well all right last thing on this it is affecting a lot of businesses uh small local businesses things like venues entertainment venues are completely shut down right now and that is their primary source of income there are people right now going i don't know how i'm going to pay my rent because my gigs got canceled or my shows at my venue got canceled and i don't have people coming into my bar right um those are the people who are going to need our help the most the people who maybe can survive through this um, finding a way to come together and help people like that who are far more financially impacted and you know their life support systems are being pulled out from under them in the face of all this um, how are they going to recover once all of this goes back to normal they might not so right. that's when I say compassion it's not just you know stopping the spread of the virus and misinformation it's also helping out people who might be mo- different people are going to be affected differently by this Yeah, and the ones who are affected more might just need a little bit more help right so but we are we are being affected by this. We now have to come up with at least the next four to six what is it, four <laughs> to six weeks, month, month and a half. Yeah, and we'll find out if of, that it changes even more over the next week. You know, it it could be it could be longer. Longer. Yeah. Um we made it through the off season. Yep. We'll make it through this. There's plenty to talk about um, at, on, on all levels. There's plenty to talk about. Let's start with how this stoppage affects the sport itself as far as the on-track stuff. So we kind of mentioned a little bit. A shortened season, to me, favors Eli in the championship Yep. Um, because there's less of a chance for him to tomac all over the place. Um, but Roxon, and, and actually, I think this break might hurt it has the potential to hurt Roxon because he has been so consistent through this entire season he's gotten into a groove clearly his starts have been just impeccable his racing has been impeccable he rarely makes mistakes outside of the one in daytona that cost him the right. win um but he's been so good and consistent does this screw up his groove does he now have to like reset and kind of refine his groove after this break let's if they continue for another three or four races after this um does it hurt him uh, Cooper Webb gets a chance to heal, right. so this also might favor him. So, how do you think you know this break? Let's let's just call it a six week break and say we come back for another four or five races. How does who do you think it favors the most, and who do you think it hurts the most? Um, I'm not too I'm not too worried about it breaking the rhythm for Roxon. Um, I think Roxon. Uh, I think Roxon for the most part has a system worked out that it's not about it's not about rhythm or momentum or anything like that he just he just has a system figured out for his starts um i don't think that's really going to change whether we get a four-week break or a six-week break here it's just going to be there when he gets when we get back i think the biggest impact player here you just mentioned it and that is webb webb's going to have time to heal his back up um he's plenty of time to heal up um and to throw a complete wrench in this thing now, 
I could see this going one of two ways for Eli. Yes, there is a less opportunity for him to Tomac on the track, but on the track isn't necessarily the problem that Tomac has. It's in his head is the problem that Tomac has. And this break here is probably going to give him a lot of time to spend inside of that problem area before he gets to go back out on the track and just get the job done. Um, that I could see just because that is his primary problem. It's not his racing ability. It's his ability to psych himself out. Um, I think that's going to be a big problem for Tomac if they you know, continue and just do a few races to finish it out like the last three or something like that um i so while i agree with that right oh tomac in his own head is probably not a good thing for the next six weeks right if you were to tell me to come if you were to tell me that somebody comes to tomac and says hey we're gonna do this thing and you got four for whatever we'll call it four races you got four races you finish pretty much better than everybody else in those four races You've got this thing wrapped up. That is going to fire him up so much because if anybody can just light it up for four straight races, it's Tomac. He's already he's been doing it right before this break. Um, his his kind of uh, uh, tendency to ebb and flow through the season where he'll get very very streaky and then he'll kind of cool off for a little bit and then he might go on another little streak. I think it is a coin flip, but if he comes out and he happens to get hot streak for the last four races yeah nobody's touching him no and he's gonna he's gonna run away with it right if he comes out and he has spent too much time in his own head and it and it's part of the ebb versus the flow of his ebb and flow um yeah i can see roxon's consistency completely taking it over and then like you said webb is the x factor here yeah if he heals up he was on a tear before he got hurt and he was making a hard charge for the front um, if he comes back fully healed up, healed up and fired up, and you say, "Hey, Cooper, you want to talk about somebody who handles the pressure better than anybody?" It's you that say, guy. You say, "Cooper, you have four races to make this right. Go make it happen." I can, I would put money on Webb winning three of those four races. Yeah, depending on what Tomac does, right? Yeah. So I still think Tomac's the biggest thing. How which way he goes is going to determine this championship. It is in his hands right now. If he races like Tomac can race, he wins it. If he doesn't, he opens the door for somebody else. And if he opens the door, it's <laughs> Webb and Roxon both have very very good arguments to be made for which one can can push through that door. Right. Yeah. So to bring it back and give you a short answer now that we kind of talked through that and you said who does this favor most. Um, I do agree with you that it really does hinge on Tomac, but I think this break favors Webb most. 100%. 100%. And for nothing other than the healing factor. Yeah. Because he was on such a tear before he got hurt. Right. And uh, this will give him a chance to heal and kind of come back and get back on that tear. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, I think we're wow. We are we are actually in agreement here. We this, are in this agreement. championship. Should they continue hinges on Tomac and what he does, but the break itself favors Webb the most. That's kind of what we came to. Right? Yeah, I mean, and it's pretty much been the exact same story for the entire season. You know, this is this from the from the first gate drop has been won or lost by whether or not Tomac shows up. Yeah, this. And that's that's that that has not changed to this point. And and really, you know what? When you think about it, pretty much since I'm gonna go ahead and throw it out there, since Dungey retired, 
Every year, the championship has been Tomax to lose. Yes, and I agree. Up until this point, he has lost it. And <laughs> and the last the last year that Dungey won it. Yeah, you know what? Including that one because yeah. he was he dude, lost it. That was had to be one of the most insane like stretches of winning streaks that I have ever seen. When Tomac came and he just started charging, and like I don't even think Dungey knew what to do with that. It was like what was it ten races in yeah. a row, and Tomac was just untouchable for those ten races. It may have been nine. I can't remember. It was it was close. It was yeah. one or the other, or nine of ten, or something like that, like or nine of eleven, whatever it was. But it was a huge run right in the middle of the season. And it yeah. was just like nobody gave him a chance. And by the end of that run, you're like, dude, this guy can win this thing. And then he he did his thing. So Yeah, this- and that, that's that's actually the season that they changed the point system. And had they changed it in time for that season, Tomac actually would have won would've the championship. Would have won the championship. And, and um, one, it's a good—we've talked about how great of a change that was yeah. and how much it has absolutely worked out. Um making some of our should they change the point systems conversations on previous episodes kind of moot because i think <laughs> i think they do have a really good system in place right now. i agree um it does favor comebacks though yeah and that favors web going forward yeah. for the rest of this season it's still it's tomac's championship to lose especially since he has the number plate well even if when even if web wins out and tomac still shows up and takes seconds there's the mathematically it, it just doesn't right. work out yeah tomac has to really poo poo all over the place right and then webb has to also win to, for that to happen now roxon on the other hand if roxon wins out and tomac finishes second roxon takes that right depending on how many races there are because he's only what was it seven points seven points yeah, yeah. seven point difference so i mean he's he's right there three races of a first place and tomac in second and he's got the points lead right so um he is also someone you just can't underestimate at no, this point. You know, Webb Web does look good going forward because of all this, but Roxon has been so consistent. Yeah. <laughs> I, when was the last time uh, – Michael Lessey was the last time you saw somebody consistently start this good. Yeah. Right? Michael Lessey, like, he would be <laughs> – He was just like, he would hole shot every week and then finish 15th. But right. the point was he hole shot it every week. Like Roxon has started in the top three – Almost every race, like one or two in this entire season where he didn't start. And yeah. what's funny is those were his worst finishes. Yeah, the only I can only think Week of one. I can only think of two people, two two riders who have been as consistent in their starts. And Michael Lessey is one. Andrew Short is the other. Yep. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. The difference is Roxon is also a phenomenally talented rider in other areas of the track. Right. <laughs> exactly. He can hold the lead. He can uh, make passes. He can make block. He can block passes. Um, so his consistent starts have just helped propel the rest of his talent. You know, where these other guys like they they were so good at starting, they couldn't do anything else. Right. Like Tomac's like I'm gonna go, guys. Show me how to do that. Because if Tomac got consistent starts, nobody's touching him. If Tomac knew how to get consistent starts, I feel like he'd have three championships already. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yep. If he doesn't have to fight through the entire pack because of his his atrocious starting. Oh, dude, it's yeah, so bad. Be... When it's bad, it is bad. Yeah. So, all right. I think we're in agreement there. Let's talk a little bit about moving forward for the next few uh, uh, episodes for us. One of the things either next week or the week after I would really like to do is uh, spend some time talking about the video game. Yep. Um, you know, we've done video game episodes in the past, but I'll have had a chance to really dive into and give you my thoughts not just as a game reviewer talking about graphics and physics and stuff but 
does this game do a little bit more of the things that we talked about a game needing to do for the sport? So I'm going to take that review and I'm also going to put it in the context of what we do here on the podcast. Yep. Um, so career mode is going to be a huge point. There's a, a weird open multiplayer thing where like you ride around this like collective open world, just cruising around this area thing that they put in. Okay. So I'm interested to see if that's just like a, a community hub where you can find races or if that ends up being like an actual hangout spot for people. So, you know, there's a lot to dive into there and a, a lot of ways we can frame that in the context of uh, the media and growing the sport. So look forward to that in the ne- one of the next few episodes. Uh, what else? We, you had something else we wanted yeah. to kind of dive into. So let's just uh, let's do a little bit of multimedia talk here. So as far as that, we're going to do a review video, right? Because Doug, Doug Club wanted one. Uh, we'll talk about the video at the very least. We'll talk about it on the podcast, right. and then you know there could be an unboxing, and there could be a, a yeah. If video we do going up, if we do those videos, most likely they're going to be inside of Jug Club. Sure. So um, that's another reason. If you guys want to see a review, jump on Jug Club and get your early adopters discount. Um, the other things that I kind of wanted to talk about going forward is what impact does this have on the relationship between Supercross and Feld Entertainment going forward? Um, and, uh, you know, there are some there's some chatter about that here and there. Um, we don't have a lot of solid. We facts don't have a lot yet. of solid facts. And so, again, we don't want to spread any any misinformation, but be on the lookout for uh, for some information regarding that going forward. Um, that could be pretty interesting, Steve. Uh, listen, you want to talk about something that has the potential to drastically impact this sport outside of the media aspect? It's the relationship with Feld and um, if somebody else were to take that over right. or you know that relationship were to somehow uh, splinter. So uh, if we get more information on that, we're definitely doing a deep dive on that because that's... That's, that's a big a, deal. That's a huge deal for the future of this sport um, in general. So uh, that's absolutely on the docket. Uh, we can bring back some of our old off-season topics too. Like, uh, you know, we'll just do some random top tens that you guys can fight with us over. Yep. Uh, I think those are always a lot of fun. Um, I think there's a couple of other um, organizations out there that we might be able to cover too, like some of the West Series um, just some races here and there. So, you know, there's there's quite a bit of of uh, stuff to talk about that we can find throughout this. But um, we encourage you, find us on social media, jump on Facebook, Instagram, have the conversations with us, um, jump on Jug Club. Uh, if there's anything that you guys want to hear us talk about or, or expound upon, just let us know. And we will gladly give you a shout out on the podcast and... Um, you know, talk about all of those things that you that you want to hear about because we are here for you guys. Um, we really appreciate all of the support that you're giving us. We went, just went over five thousand downloads this week. Um, we are episode thirty three, yeah, thirty three that you're listening to right now. Um, so this has been a really good run. I know Steve usually does the the thank yous at the end, but man. I, I'm I'm watching the support that you guys are giving us, and it, it floors me every single time. And um, every time somebody says you guys are doing a great job, thank you for doing this. Um, I am just so appreciative that you are willing to sit there and listen to Steve and I talk. It's pretty amazing, right? 
really appreciate it. it. You know, it also re- hearing that also reinforces kind of what we're doing. You know, yeah. like when we first first got together and started this, it was about um, two dudes getting together who had like the sport, just talking about the sport, and it has evolved over time to wanting to change and grow the sport. And doing that through the media and how the media covers the sport. And you guys have been receptive to that, incredibly receptive to that. Minus a few people who didn't like how we handled a few things, but yeah. that's okay. <laughs> um, we're going to do what we're going to do. And if you don't like how we approach that, that's fine. But what we will always have the interest of what's best for the sport and the people who love the sport in mind first and foremost. And the reinforcement you guys give us for what we're doing is just for me, it's unimaginable. I did not expect to be here 33 episodes later about to hit 5,000 listens. Over 5,000. Over 5,000. That's what I'm saying. I just, that's yep. that's mind-blowing to me. Like I said, I show up once a week and I talk about this thing that I was going to talk about anyway because I like I like the sport. So, um, yeah, dude, thank you guys. <laughs> that's pretty cool. It's definitely cool. Um, I think that's going to do it for this week, man. Uh, we'll, uh, we're going to pick this up. We're going to... We're gonna we're gonna get through this together with you guys' help. Talk to us, talk to to us about what you want to hear. Um, we're gonna make it through this, not just in this sport, but just in general, by sticking together and kind of working together through all of this. So that's the most important takeaway, both in motocross and supercross and sports and society in general. We're gonna make it through, but we're gonna do it together. So uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.